0: You want to be making moves on the street, have no attachments, allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner.
1: Episode one thirty four. This week on the podcast, we watch a nineteen nineties classic. Is it an action movie? We're gonna get into it. It's Heat. Heat. Fuck yeah! So with you as always, I am John. This is James. Hey. And this is Dustin. Hello. Hey guys. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast that we do
2: in a garage. So in a garage.
1: As everybody knows, this is our only source of income. <laughs>
2: So please yeah, tell us. those fat checks coming in Yeah,
1: yeah. We have a few um, Patreons We do? <laughs> this
2: no. is news to me No, we got nobody
1: We have nothing <laughs> We live for nothing We only live to Blast yeah, we, us out we, we, to this out to We're giving this entertainment out to the people for, for free For the 42 of you who listen to this On a weekly basis mm-hmm. So have you guys seen Heat? let's let's uh let's get on instagram let's talk about it <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> y'all, y'all seen heat let's talk
1: y'all like heat so other than heat, James, did you watch anything this week
2: uh I didn't have time actually
1: wow <laughs> okay,
2: well, this took up two hours and fifty minutes of my time, so
1: beautiful two hours and fifty minutes though. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right,
1: so James didn't watch anything because he was busy. Mm-hmm. Dustin, pass. you?
2: Yeah, I watched
3: that new Spike Lee joint, uh, Defy five Bloods, that's on Netflix now. Yeah. Either you guys get a chance to watch that?
1: No. I have not had a chance to watch it now. Is it good?
3: I really enjoyed it quite a bit, yeah. Uh, Delroy Lindo uh, from The Good Fight is uh, is in it, and he's fantastic in it.
1: Is he the private uh, investigator?
3: No, he's the he's Adrian. Oh, 80.
1: he's the Adrian. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a great actor, though.
3: Yeah, and he's this is one of his best performances that I've seen him give. Uh, also, you got uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and Clark Peters, both from The Wire, are in here. Lest, uh, uh, Clay Davis and Lester Freeman, you might know them as. Shit. Yeah, and he does have the shit line shit. in the movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then uh, Chadwick Boseman is also in this. Um, yeah, this is really it's really fun. I mean, it's it's not perfect by any means. There's com- kind of some extraneous extra stuff going on that probably doesn't need to be there, but uh, but I found it really enjoyable overall. Um, and then I also watched this movie called Shocking Dark. This is an Italian movie um, that was released in Italy under the title Terminator Two a few years before the actual terminator 2 came out. Okay. Um but I'd say it's like 90% an aliens ripoff, and then like 10% a terminator ripoff. <laughs> it's like uh these people like in they're in Venice and they have to go through these underground tunnels that they, they made cuz there's like a virus and then they're traveling through these tunnels to try to get to this other area and there's like these weird monsters that they have to keep fighting. Um And then, at the end, there's, like, a a robot man guy that's chasing them who's, like, a Terminator. Um, But it is some of the, like, most hilarious acting I've ever seen. Like, you know when you just hit that perfect sweet spot of, like, so fucking bad, it's hilarious? Like, they take it too serious. Yeah, it's like they're trying... It's like you couldn't act this bad if you tried to. Right. Like, there's just not... It's just some fluke that it happens somehow. Right. Um, so it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but um, but it is also, you know, terrible at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd recommend. I mean, if you're in the mood for a, a really bad movie to watch with some friends, Shocking Dark. It sounds like I recommend. Fits the
2: bill. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did watch something else. Oh, shit. Here we go. I watched two shows. Um, Alone is Back, which is the reality show.
3: I saw an ad for it.
2: Yeah, which is pretty intense because now it's a competition where they have to spend a hundred days in the Arctic <laughs> to win a million dollars. Oh, what was it before? Yeah, I think it was a like hundred grand. Maybe it was half a million. For I whoever know, lasted the longest. Forever. And it usually was around thirty days.
1: Oh yeah. So it's uh, quite a bit longer.
2: So and it's still it's ten people again, but it's pretty intense.
1: That's what I started watching too.
2: And then also uh, the new Perry Mason. Oh,
3: right. Is that any good?
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting at first. I mean, I'm used to Perry Mason like the lawyer. So this is...
3: Oh, what is he in this?
1: He, uh, well, he's so, like a
2: detective.
1: Oh, These were my two things that I started watching. Uh, Perry Mason... Oh, you stole
2: John's things. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> the new Perry Mason is incredibly dark like do they have the music at least? It's pretty hard. <laughs> the show is really brutal. Um brutal, weird. Yeah. Uh I don't know what to end to what end it the darkness is for. <laughs> uh I I hope it pays off but like it is like some misanthropic shit.
3: Huh.
2: It's pretty messed up. Seems like
3: f- a, a weird idea to take Perry Mason and make it like
2: Well, to me, I mean, I I don't really <laughs> remember a whole lot about Perry Mason I didn't watch a lot of it but if you were to watch this you would not think it has anything to do with Perry no, Mason no
1: it's 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 actually it, what they did was they took they took the the noir and they just pretty much made it 2020 like oh. like it it still takes place in the like in the 40s yeah, yeah but or the early 50s but it is um yeah it's it's pretty brutal like it's it's really dark um, the entire, the, the show starts off with, uh, a murder that takes place at, um, fuck. What's it called? Heaven's flight. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: something like
0: that. It's the
1: thing, you know, the, it's in every single angel, angel Angel's flight. flight. That's it. Yeah. So it's, it's like Michael Collin, Every single person who's ever written about LA right. and crime has a story that centers around, around it. Um, Perry Mason is a lawyer, But he's a, um, he's working as a private investigator uh, for himself, but also for other people. And it kind of goes into like, there's like a LA Confidential kind of vibe going on. There's also just like a straight up like Sam Spade thing going on, like hard, hard noir. Um, Should I, should I start watching it? I would watch it. Yeah. Yeah? I recommend it.
2: Um, I think they do a good job to not go like too noir, like cheesy like with the lines and stuff like they actually do a pretty good job that it it makes sense
1: okay it's just it's it's just heavy like it it comes in pretty heavy and like they they get you uh like ready for like what the world that they're creating is like the world has swearing and it has like sex and nudity and violence like it's it's not Hate to say it. it's not your father's, <laughs> very amazing. It's not your grandpa's, it's your grandpappy's, but it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull it off in the end. Uh, the actor is,
3: yeah, Matthew Reese, who's just the Matthew guy's Reese. what is it? Reese, just Reese, Matthew, yeah,
1: Reese? Th- I mean, he's an he's such an amazing actor yeah, uh, from the Americans, yeah, he's so fantastic. John Lithgow's in it, um, uh, Eli from. Uh, Boardwalk Empire.
3: Oh, um, yeah. Shoot, I always forget that actor's and name. And
1: the and the run the jewels music video. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I, I I look up that guy's name every time I see him in something, and then I forget his name again. I, he's, <laughs> he's good though. He's, he's
1: good. so great. He's like he really is great. But it's it's I think it's a good show. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull off pull it off. It, it seems like a lot. James, what do you think?
2: It seems like a lot, but, you know, I'll I'll watch it to the end of the season and then make my decision if I watch it again. That's yeah, my problem Sh- with...
3: Oh, sorry. Shea Wiggum is
1: the guy. That's yeah. it,
2: yeah. That's my problem with a lot of these shows is I usually only last the first season and I just never keep watching.
1: Yeah, there's no way I'm going <laughs> to stop watching this show.
3: Oh, well, I used to, you know, when I stayed home sick from school when I was a kid, I would watch the black and white uh, Perry Masons. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, on, uh, on KVOS?
3: Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I, was, uh, I remember when we got cable, we got A&E, and they had all of them. They had uh, Columbo, they had Heart to Heart, they had uh, like Simon and Simon, oh, yeah. they had every single detective show. Awesome. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I grew up on, I love, that was my favorite favorite thing in the world. But, yeah, so that's what I watch as well. All right, huh? Speaking of of crime, crime. <laughs>
2: well, this crime? is this is a crime noir. We
1: watched uh, 1995's Michael Michael Mann's film Heat.
2: In the city of Los Angeles.
1: You recognize the mo? Mo is that they're good. If you think these guys are scoring once and passing through, I doubt it.
0: A relentless police detective is on the trail. What are we? Got? of a master thief you're fugitive number one with a bullet it's double the risk here you're wrong it's four times the risk and I'm double the worst trouble you ever had and his reckless partner the bank is worth the risk we should take it down I want full surveillance 24 hours round the clock we never close open 7 days a week assume they got our phones assume they got our houses assume they got us bam bye bye They get more daring with every score. What's the estimate? 12.2 million. You're up. But one cop. He's here. I can feel it. He's closing in. Whatever score they're going to take next, they're going to have the surprise of a lifetime. Now, for the first time, Academy Award winner Al Pacino and Academy Award winner Robert De Niro collide. and I gotta put you away. I'll tell you, you are going down. What if you do got me boxed in and I gotta put you down? Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. I will not hesitate for a second. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer
1: in a Michael Mann film. Heat. Dustin, you picked this
2: movie? No, I I, picked this movie.
3: No, I picked this movie. You picked this movie? You don't even know who picks the movies? No, I don't don't keep
2: track of that shit. (laughs) I ain't the movie picker getter. I ain't the movie
3: picker getter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Movies. Yeah, I I, I, I picked it because, uh, well, James had posted a poll on our Instagram a little while back on a story about whether or not.
2: It was an action People
3: movie. Th- thought it was an action movie, and the vote was overwhelmingly that it was not.
1: That it was a crime.
2: So movie. Dustin was like, "Fuck so we that! Said, <laughs>
1: Suck my dick, world."
3: <laughs> but we have we did Den of Thieves uh, a couple years Den ago. Den of Thieves on this, is more of an action uh, on movie, this pro- on this movie on this program, and it didn't feel fair to me that we had done Den of Thieves, wow. which is really the inferior oh, life is just
1: movie.
2: not fair,
3: Dustin. Oh, unless I make it that. Way. Have you never heard? <laughs> oh, Robert Shuler put your told thumb on us, the scale. "Life's
1: not fair, but God is good." <laughs> uh, okay. What? <laughs> the Power Hour. <laughs> oh wow, the Power Hour. Man. No, it was called the Hour of Power. Hour of Power. The you Hour. Fucking, you of fucking power. heathens.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: sorry. Uh
3: Yeah. So, I don't know. I just felt like time. We've talked about it for a long time. Kind of like, should we do it? Should we do an episode? Because it's. It is more of a crime movie, but there's these action elements. It's kind of action adjacent, I guess.
2: Um, well, we get lots of action on uh, Instagram with people ooh. commenting. Because I just yesterday said, <laughs> posted a or a poll saying, do you think Heat is overrated?
1: Oh, yeah. Overwhelmingly, it was no.
2: It, yeah, it was like 82% said no. Well, who's those other, p- those other
1: people? Tell me where they
2: live.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't have addresses we're for gonna, We're going to go Jay and Silent Bob strike back on them. <laughs> uh,
3: well, let me read the synopsis real quick before we get into this. Uh, obsessive master thief Neil McCauley leads a top-notch crew on various daring heists throughout Los Angeles, while determined detective Vincent Hanna per- pursues him without rest. Each man recognizes and respects the ability and the dedication of the other, even though they are aware their cat and mouse game may end in violence.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's, that's not too shabby, I guess. Of a, of a, It's not the worst synopsis. we have ever read. Uh, this is the kind of movie I want to get into. I want to start first off with uh, our relationship with the film. And then get into just like, let's just talk about the plot and like move it forward, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say it with myself. This is a movie I watched, I'd have to say, probably in the late 90s, early 2000s for the first time. Yeah. Um, it's one of those films that was like fundamental for changing the way I looked at movies uh, as just like fun. I, I always loved movies. I always loved like everything about them, but this really kind of changed my attitude about like what something can be like. I don't think I'd I'd watched a lot of stuff that had as sharp writing. Um, The acting was great. Like the characters were great. The action sequences were just like the, uh, the, 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 the first action sequence in which they, they robbed the uh, armored car. Mm -hmm. is just like so seared into my brain. And then the uh, the the bank sequence that happens later on is just like those those two scenes. I don't know if like they're in the upper echelons of action sequences in my in my mind um, for any, anything I've ever watched before or since. Uh, so it's just like always been kind of a high point to me. And I didn't know who Michael Mann was, and it, it got me on the whole Michael Mann thing. And right, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I'm similar in that. I think I did watch it when it had come out on video in like 95 or 96. Um, and I I think I liked it, but I, you know, I was a teenager. So I wasn't like, I didn't think it was amazing, but it was one of those movies where uh, you just keep getting kind of drawn back to it, to watch it again. And then it gets its claws further and further into you sort of. Uh, it's definitely the movie that that
1: you tell people about. Yeah. Where you're like, I watched this movie
3: yeah, and I think there was something alluring about it and sort of hypnotic about it to me that I didn't necessarily at that time I couldn't necessarily break down all these elements about why it works the way it does or whatever, but uh there was something about it that kept me coming back to it again and again. And eventually, yeah, like it's going to be hard for me not to just uh gush about this movie because it is I probably is in one of my 10 favorite movies ever.
1: Yeah.
2: James? Um, this, this movie fucking sucks. Well, <laughs> I remember I've seen it before, but I didn't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember when you're out.
1: James is like you're out of the podcast. James is like too much talky talky.
2: Well, yeah. Um, I can't remember when it must have been around 2000 or just after 2000 when I watched it, and I you know, I'm sure I was like. Bring on more Austin Powers or some shit. I don't know. Um, By the way, we were just talking about Austin Powers at work. Co-worker of
1: mine, uh, we'll call him Tony. Um, Tony? Not the ghost host? No. I don't want to give up people's names if they don't want to be talked about. But I was we we're talking about Austin Powers. Do you guys remember when Austin Powers came out? Yeah. What year? I don't know, 97? It was ninety eight. Ninety eight. This kid was one month and like four days old when Austin Powers wow. came out. I think it was ninety eight. I, I might, it might be ninety seven. That, right. That's sad. It's either either old, way, warrior.
2: this kid is sad.
1: Either way, <laughs> an idiot. he's <it> just <laughs> born in ninety eight. I couldn't it. believe how old that movie was. That's pretty old. <laughs> well, I am uh, and then I'm like, oh well. Uh, for the first time, I was like, well, no wonder.
2: So it hasn't the, aged
1: well. It's like fucking 30 years old.
2: So the love guru must be like 20 years old.
1: JT's classic, the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to your Neither with heat. Wait, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Dustin, have you watched the love guru?
2: I have not. It Doesn't that Dustin. involve the Maple Leafs? I, I really haven't. Doesn't it involve the Maple Leafs? Yes, I believe so. Oh, I probably didn't watch it because of that. Yeah, fuck the Maple Leafs. Fuck them. Anyways, um, yeah, I didn't really like it particularly, um, and I completely erased it from my mind. <laughs> and uh, like,
1: a fuck, like a drunken night, I went to a hypnotist and <laughs> like, I told them
3: I want to not remember
1: this. Movie. Basically,
2: because yeah. watching it this time, it was like I've never seen it before.
3: So memory wipe. So, so memory this wipe. A new movie for you. Yeah, a new movie. You watch. Watched so you watched it for the first time. First, Jesus so basically, Christ.
2: like watching it for the first time, you
1: lucky devil. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you right now, I yeah. wish I could watch this movie
3: <laughs> really? for the first
1: time.
2: Yeah, well, I had to break it up into two nights. My whole but. life
1: in front of me. Well, okay. well, let's right, let's get right into the movie. Uh, what's the opening scene?
3: Yeah, how does it actually start? Uh, well, the first scene is um, uh, is it, Wayne Grow getting picked up in the truck, isn't it? By no, by it's, Michael.
2: It's that sweet lovemaking scene.
3: Oh you're right. Where Al Pacino's eating his wife's face? Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which I'm like, really?
3: <laughs> is this really necessary? Well, we could say that Michael Mann's strong suits are not
2: uh romance, more
3: women. But, but then we get
2: another sex scene later on. Between uh oh, is it between De Niro
3: and yeah. his girlfriend? Yeah.
2: I could do without.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean, it's uh, it's it, it, he he very barely touches on the romance aspects, but then he's clumsy at it. I find.
2: Well, I don't think I need to see like in the opening scene. Right. The Different positions.
3: <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. I, wait. Did you watch a different cut of this movie than me?
2: Yeah. There was different <laughs> positions. Right. Isn't it heat of the night? Uh, <laughs> enter from the back.
3: <laughs> what? Well, yeah, you definitely watched a different movie than me. Damn it. No wonder you didn't remember it. <laughs>
1: no wonder you turned it off and turned it back on so many times. Uh yeah, I think that it's. I think that that all of the uh, relationship stuff in this movie is pretty clumsy. Yeah. Um.
3: I mean, it, it, the f- parts where they're fighting maybe are a little better than the parts where they're in love. <laughs> with you each know other. what?
1: You can't. You can't watch my TV. <laughs> this is my TV. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Stay,
2: Ralph. (laughs) Sit down. I'm taking my TV. Uh, I just don't understand what the relation. Like, I guess I understand what he's trying to say, like, and how it's difficult to have a relationship. And this is like the real his real life with dealing with his work and how it's tough to have a relationship and dealing with that. So I think
1: that what what's happening with that is is that. I don't I I haven't spent a lot like always I'm not coming to this prepared but so I'm just reacting to what we're, we're talking about but I think that what we're going to talk about throughout this film is that um, De Niro has this this if you can't drop it and walk away in 60 seconds is that no, 30, whatever, I think he says 30, 30 seconds but yeah like everything you have to be able to do you have to, you have to be able to drop it in 30 seconds and just walk away. Right, yeah, don't have any connections right. to anything. So, you just- and we're supposed to think that he's cold, and he's calculated, and he's like a bad guy for having this. Right, that's the discipline. That's the discipline. <laughs> whereas, whereas Pacino, where we're supposed to think that he's the good guy, like Pacino supposed to be the cop. He's supposed to be the hero, right? And I think that what we see throughout this film is that. He is not the hero. He is not the good guy. They are the exact same person. Yeah. There is no good guy. There is no bad guy. Like they, I I want to get into this more when we, when we actually talk about the different scenes. But when it comes to the relationships, is that the difference between De Niro and Pacino is that De Niro understands he's fighting against what he wants. Like he wants to have this relationship. He wants to have something more, but he doesn't let himself do it. And Almost in a good way where he's trying to protect the other person. Mm-hmm. Whereas De Niro has no problem destroying people's lives as he tries to just have it both ways.
2: You mean Al Pacino?
1: Yeah, Pacino, sorry. Pacino just is like, he's completely willing to just destroy woman after woman.
2: Right. Because like, this is his fourth? Because he thinks that he's... Fourth marriage?
1: He thinks that he's better
2: right. than it. Yeah.
1: Whereas
3: well i think in, in the over the course of the, of this movie he sort of comes to this realization that you know it, and through this stuff that's going on with his i believe third wife in this movie and
1: his stepdaughter
3: and his stepdaughter he's realizing i'm not good for people uh because all i am is a, this obsessive
1: but, that, but and,
3: the- and like you know he has that conversation with his wife late in the movie Where she's like, is there any way we can make this work? And he's like, I'd like to say yes, but the reality is like, no. I think
1: that that's the point though, is that, but, but Pacino just, he wants to think that he is the good guy. Like he wants to be the hero. So he thinks that he can have it both ways, but he's not the hero. He's not the good guy. Like he's just as dangerous. He's just as toxic to everyone around him as De Niro is. But yeah, and I mean
3: these are these are themes Michael Mann kind of explores more than once in his movies of these sort of driven individuals yeah. who are really really good at what they do, extremely competent um and yes, pr- extremely manly sort of characters yeah. um that ev- you know, whatever this whatever their obsession is, whatever the thing that they are good at, uh everything else has to fall by the wayside in order for them to be that good at what it is that they do, right?
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, this this movie just really blurs the lines between between good guy and bad guy.
3: Right, these guys are just two sides of a coin. Yeah, right? like, like, I, like
1: I can't wait to get to the scene, I can't wait to get to the bank robbery scene where we just completely break down all the borders between anyone being good and anyone being bad. Right, so yeah,
3: yeah we get the, you're right, we start with that sex scene.
2: Yeah, so the only other thing I want to say about relation because I, I really don't want to talk about the the relationships, right? So the only other thing I want to say is just, I just, I feel like it's such a waste. Like, I I guess I understand why, because you have that tension at the end, but why De Niro all of a sudden meets this girl. And then for whatever fucking reason, she's like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll just, oh yeah. So flee the country with,
3: I I don't have a problem with the, the idea of De Niro um wanting to have this relationship because his life compared to everyone else in his crew is is empty, right? Like yeah. he is just right. the solitary figure. I understand. But and if, even he, just, he, has if this, he just if he just left this
2: idea in his mind and found somebody right. You know what He's, I mean? But it
3: just he just they met, right? Like they just uh, met no, in I, way, I, I, this way. Yeah, and Things happen. Love happens, James. So uh, I, think that, the, I
1: think that I think that that what's 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 it a lot of it is is structural, um, it, to push the, the story along. Yeah, so I, yeah. We need we, we
3: need these mirror images, right? Of yeah. these two men with these two relationships that are. I know that's damaged.
1: why like, I just find it's Well, because what you're really doing is, you're, is like I don't know. What the there's probably a better term for this, but it's always, like it's more Shakespearean than it is like this. It, it's like this this grand like, like, ah, what's the word? Sadness It's like a, this is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Right. Um, but Very also, tragic. I think that what you're really looking at is you're looking at a man who is at the end. Like this guy is has one foot out the door. Like before, he's telling everybody to not have their foot out the door and he has his foot out the door. And his foot out the door is him having this relationship. And it's saying he is, like it's, it's signaling that he is actually done. And he thinks that he can escape and he can go against his own rules because he's followed them for such a long time. And that's his... Yeah, I mean, un-
3: he's he's kind of caved in a bit to start this relationship because he's his life is so otherwise empty. But I do fully agree with you about her deciding, okay, we'll go with you once she finds out that he is a a, a robber, a criminal. Yeah, and... And he's just like... Anyway, so we're leaving right now. <laughs>
1: that's just, yeah, that's just um, that, straight that up. That stuff is just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's just male fantasy writing. That's just men not being able to write women. She's like,
3: okay, I'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, she puts up a bit of a thing. and Not her. much of a fight. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there is that one scene where he's like trying to kiss her and she's like leaning away from him and like, you know, like turning her head away from him and all this stuff. But like then after that, she's like, yeah, okay, well, I but guess I mean, we're going like, to whatever
2: TV so, or whatever. Didn't she just like... Their relationship is what? Like a couple of days old? I think, I think it's supposed to be a couple or weeks months. Old, months. Yeah. So a couple of weeks?
1: Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of time...
3: We, we are supposed to understand too that she is a lonely character where she has moved to this big city and, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Los Angeles, but, you know, it's a very spread out city where right. you don't necessarily going to make fast connections with people. Mm-hmm. We have this idea that she is alone as alone as he, he is like,
1: yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to make apologies for Michael Mann. Cause I think he just writes women poorly. Yeah, I agree. Like, he just writes women very, very I think poorly
3: in this movie. There's it, it, just, just barely works for me, but it could have been much better. All that stuff. However, we're already at, we're pushing that three hour, time mark so it's like where do we have where do we put in this stuff to flesh this out more to make these characters a little more believable well i think you're right i think you
2: could have i mean at like an hour and a half in it's all the build up it's all the relationship stuff you couldn't cut that down at all
3: you mean the relationships between the team members, or are no? You like the the romance, the romance stuff.
2: The romance stuff, the romance on stuff both takes sides.
1: up a pretty small amount of time. Uh,
2: yeah, I think I, it does. I don't think so. The relationship stuff. No, I'm not just talking about De Niro. I'm talking about oh, Pacino's as well. Like I mean, everything. There's, there's more
3: say, of that Pacino side what we see. I say the breakup.
1: It's still pretty small, but it's it's a long movie. Like so, if if something drags, it's going to drag even more. Yeah. Like in those three hours, I I think he writes women poorly. I think that he he could he could have done a much better job. Uh, I think that he was writing from a different time. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, what's the word? I'm not going to defend the way he wrote th- his female characters because I don't think they're I don't think they're well. They're, written. they're not his
3: main concern, right? No, like and I think more that, he's far more interested. these guys and then 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 those women are just sort of like uh you know they're a part of what is going on for these men characters yeah they have Mm -hmm.
1: they're they're of no consequence like they they really do nothing but further the men yeah like i
2: get that it comes down to pacino and Niro. that that's what it's all about
1: and and i think that way it's a it's a clumsy way of trying to create um a different side of who these men are, and they use these women as pawns to to do that. And I think you're right; it, they they shouldn't have done it the way he should. Michael Mann shouldn't have written him He shouldn't have done it the, that way. Yeah, um,
2: you could have you could have done it way better. I think you but, could have.
1: I I just think that he, Michael Mann, is a fucking brilliant filmmaker. I think that he just can't write women.
3: Yeah, I I don't even know if he if I would say he improves at that over the years, but. Yeah, for me, like that stuff doesn't, by any means, like ruin the movie. I think, um, I think it is the weakest part of the movie, though.
0: Let's move on. Let's though. get into
3: the yeah, because right away we get Michael, uh, Michael picking up Wayne Grow in the truck to yeah. go do this this heist. Yeah, the bank truck heist.
1: So this is one of uh, I would say the most iconic action sequences in if we want to call it the modern, the past 30 years of, well, both of the film, both of the big set pieces of this, like have created, like they are, they're touchstones for everything that came after it. Um, but this, uh, the, this armored car robbery is just, uh, <laughs> wow. <mwah. laughs> That's exactly, it is. This thing is amazing. It is so beautifully shot. It is so perfect. It's, I, I, I don't know what you can even compare it to.
3: Yeah. I mean, for, uh, at the time he was applying a very different, uh, techniques to how he was shooting action stuff compared to what we were seeing, you know, in the mainstream in terms of,
2: well, everything's like a wide,
3: yeah. You get a lot of wide shots, wide but, shots. but you also just have, first of all, like I think a lot of training, like we see more of this now in movies, like you're yeah. saying where everyone is tactically moving, the way that you realistically would and should in this kind of situations. We saw this a right. lot
1: in Way of the Gun as well. with Later, yeah. just like like pure tactical training and um the one of the the myths, the legends of this movie is is that um Val Kilmer became so adept at his reloading of whatever assault rifle right he has that they show clips of him reloading that assault rifle like while in action, like at, to train, like to train like actual <laughs> army people, mm-hmm. um, because it's so perfect. Like, so everything that's tactically happened in this movie is just like, it, it puts you on the, and the way he shoots it, everything's just like, it, it.
3: well, everything is grounded in a reality that most action movies aren't right. Like even the way that they recorded the gunshots and stuff in the movie. Yeah. This, so Yeah, this, I like
2: that.
1: I feel like yeah. I recall that this movie being like, um, uh another reason it was like revolutionary is because they recorded actual the actual sounds of gunfire yeah, it wasn't, instead of what you expect.
3: Yeah, it wasn't really, you know, cartoony and punched up in the way that so, action movies are. And
2: I would say that's my favorite part of this whole movie is the end fight scene when they're in the streets. And it's just completely quiet. Yes. And, and you hear that, like the that, echo. How loud it is. Yeah, how like loud it is. There's so
3: much of a actual punch like, to it. Yeah, because it's like, like It's just like this stark, loud violence of this, yeah. of what these guns actually yeah. sound like. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. In the streets like that, yeah. yeah
1: so I think we're going to have such a hard time. We're, and we're always going to be calling each other back onto task, I think, for this movie. Because there's just so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. But I do want to talk about who's in this crew. So pretty much what you've got is you've got uh, Robert Gernot, uh Neil Macaulay. Uh, he's the leader mm-hmm. of this uh, this group. Uh, you've got Val Kilmer. He's in middles. Uh, Tom Sizemore. Who else? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. And then you
3: have their kind of like their uh, guy that they get all their jobs from. is Sorry, not Vince Vaughn, John Voight. Mate. John Voight. Uh, who, who's like the coolest looking motherfucker ever in this movie? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he went on to do what after his, this?
2: His silk shirts and his he went his on handlebar mustache somehow
1: be the bad guy in Mission Impossible. And that sweet, sweet hair. Well, he t- he turned this?
2: down this role.
1: John Voight did.
2: Yeah, because he was like, there's better actors out there that can. Do that role.
1: He does. I mean, a, this is my favorite John Voight performance. John Voight's an absolute piece of fucking human garbage, but he <laughs> he kills it in this movie. He's so great in this. He just. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of killing it, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Oh my god. Born and to play the this part. Tom Sizemore f- goes up into the upper echelons of the scariest fucking people. Yeah,
3: I mean, you believe it, man. He's intimidating. He scares. The shit out of me. Also, the dude that plays Wayne Grow is fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with that character that's just kind of... It's pretty uh, unnes- bad. Unnecessary, I think, in the movie, but
1: he just... That guy has such a look about him. He just... Yeah. he just, Yeah, he's pretty amazing. Uh, I don't recognize him for anything. He's in the... No, he, I looked him up a well, lot. He's a he cowboy in the
2: burbs. Oh, yeah. He, he went, went to, to jail, jail for a couple of years, and oh, they yeah? just dude, called he, him he Wayne Because
3: he, he's a cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> Where did you go to it's jail? a cowboy when? looking for anything heavy duty. When did he
2: go to jail? Uh, 2013, I think it was.
3: Yeah, so it, it's a guy that, like, when you look at him in this he movie, in, you're like, this guy should be in lots of stuff. And he was he just,
1: in three movies in 2013.
3: Well, I don't know. I don't know oh, the exact oh, year. Oh, yeah, here
1: we go. 2010 to 2013, he has nothing.
3: Uh, he just looks and his performance is such that you think, oh, yeah, this guy's, I'm going to see this guy a lot. Yeah. And he just,
1: you don't. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, they they rob this armored car. Yeah, and it's pretty much perfect,
3: except except Wingro. They've brought in on this job, and he's he's a bit of a nutter.
1: And he ends up shooting one of the. There's a there's a a guard that's like like he's stunned. He's like in shock, and his uh, his ears are his eardrums look like they're like they're punctured. And he like can't hear mm-hmm. and Wangro shoots him. So yeah. they end up having to shoot like all of them. And
3: they have to shoot all three guards, yeah. And then I like that part because the one pulls a holster gun and so then they shoot him. And then the other one is still just standing there and then you see De Niro give Tom Sizemore the nod. Yeah. And then he just like executes the final guy uh, because it sucks. Because there's just no you know, at this point you might as well Eliminate all witnesses. Yeah, you're in for a one,
1: yeah. you're in for three, so... Right,
3: which Pacino's character says later, right? He's like, you know, they didn't hesitate once they knew it was a murder rap for the first guy. They just...
2: Now, is this a movie that kind of started that trope of, like, the detective where he's walking around just being like, okay, they did this, and no. this is what happened, no, and No, because
1: Columbo, Columbo... I know Columbo did, did that a so, like, lot, they, but... I think Columbo really... Started that on TV Like they There's a
3: Yeah and I mean You gotta remember Michael Mann Did Miami Vice The TV show To start start Manhunter Yeah Starting his career So He's You know All the cops And robbers stuff He's been Always circling around And then like He gets Like the people He hires as consultants On these movies He hires like actual criminals. He hires
1: actual police to like nail everything down to make it. From what I understand, Michael Mann creates a new font for every single one of his movies. Oh, really? Yeah. So every single time there's a new movie, like Heat, that's a brand new font. That's a Heat font.
3: Right. And so then Mm. there's a lot of language that they use even in this movie that, like, now I think all these years later, it doesn't sound necessarily like strange jargon to us. Right. But at the time, it was like. Stuff that cops would say, stuff that criminals would say, terminology they, they would use that people weren't necessarily like f- totally familiar with. But he just wanted it to have that ring of authenticity to it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so many movies and TV shows have tried to emulate this for sure since it came out. So that's that's become kind of more commonplace. But um, yeah, he's
1: he's definitely at the, like the like tip of the spear when it comes to re- revolutionizing the way that, that especially like cops and robbers, like films, like, uh, TV is like, is going like, happening. Like he, he obviously has a huge interest in that. Like he, he wants to, he's a lot to say. Yeah. I mean, these, obviously these are like the themes that he
3: is attracted to. Um, but yeah, so, that sequence is obviously is fantastic uh, and definitely one of the high points of the movie. I think, um, right off the bat also seems like a the, perfect actual crime. Yeah. Right. And then, so they're out and the cops show up and they've got like, they've laid down the,
2: the spike, belt strips, spike belts. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, and then, uh, and they've got the timing down. So they have to be out of there. They only take the certain bear They don't touch the loose cash or whatever. Cause they only want the stuff that's the most valuable. So we have this idea of like, these are very competent guys mm-hmm. Incredibly Dude.
1: disciplined.
3: What does De Niro say later to Pacino? He's like, "Am I Rob? Am I sticking up liquor stores with a born to lose tattoo?" Oh yeah, t- tattoo that nomination? was pretty funny. <laughs> so like, he we we're supposed to have the idea yeah, he's that like, these like, I'm guys never are like, going back.
1: the best at what they do, kind of. Yeah, thing. and uh, and De Niro is like, "I'm not ever going back to prison." Like, yeah, that's and you see that throughout the film. Like, um, we're gonna when we jump ahead and we go to uh, De Niro is in his in the crew are gonna rob the fucking what is that like a chemical yeah i don't know
2: what that place i is. think
3: that's the metals place because remember he takes that book out about metals from
2: the bookstore yeah oh right and that, that's when he meets uh and then the but uh, there's multiple vaults in there i guess
3: yeah and i think they're only trying to get into one or something they're
2: only trying to get into but,
3: yeah.
1: and but, then but de niro so but pacino's on him at yeah that at point. this
3: point they're watching them and they're and they're in these they're set up in these panel trucks. And yeah. then
1: you got, and then the thing is like, this is where you're starting to see the parallels like between Pacino and De Niro where uh, De Niro is like, this is, we, they have a plan, they have an execution, they have rules, they have, like, ex- they have rules. And like, I think that's incredibly important to understand and they're going to follow them no matter what. And Pacino has the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like where, uh, the fucking cowboy guy like the he looks like he's part of the uh, like the strike with the fuck? the SWAT the SWAT, SWAT or whatever. He's like, let's just go in, like let's just fucking do this, right? Right, and he's like, no, she's like, no,
3: just we're gonna get them on breaking uh, and entering. They haven't. I love,
2: thing. I love how they he portrays the SWAT guys. They're just they're, <laughs> they're just like gun. They're just fucking yeah. morons, and yeah, yeah, they just want to They fuck it up too because the one guy sits down and yeah. makes the noise. And yeah, that and is that's, that's
3: my one of my favorite scenes is that moment and they, the you have that tense like music where it's just like strained chord and you see De Niro has like heard the sound and he's just like staring. You can see him on the heat and whatever. It, like and then that's it. Abort oh like we're just out That scene like, is
2: like that scene is so crazy when he sees that. It's like Pacino is in like uh some kind of like duck blind or um uh, tree stand. Yeah, yeah.
3: He's hunting yeah, that's actually- and the
2: the predator the, the prey that he's after has like or the perch of the heard, snap of a yeah, branch, uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: actually amazingly, like, a, oh, an amazing way to put it. Because I think you're totally right. It,
2: like, it's it's so good. Before that, I that, do. That love... That
1: scene is incredible. I do love the part where they're just like um, it
3: shows the, the back and forth staring at each other. Yeah. yeah,
1: I love it when Sizemore goes up. Yeah, he's got he's got like the things on his, <laughs> his like boots. Oh yeah, boots. and then um, uh, Kilmer goes in, and then De Niro, sorry, Pacino. Pacino comes back out and then De Niro, you I mean. De Niro. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah. N- I wish I, I need to, Neil Macaulay. I need to have their names <laughs> I need to have their names in front of me so I I, I get this right. Because I get Pacino and De Niro um, mixed up a lot. But uh yeah, so you got Macaulay, Neil, let's call him Neil. So he comes back out, he kind of gives a look around, and then he... Just walks into that. Yeah, he steps backwards he steps into backwards, the shadows. Into that yeah. shadows, uh, and then um, like Vincent Hanna is just like, and he's gone. Like, which,
2: which is awesome because he just disappears. He, he did oh, like it's sinks so. It's, back. it's <laughs> so good.
1: It's shot like <laughs> this movie is shot so perfectly. Like I, it, no, this is. I mean it's it's amazing. It it, it creates this sort
3: of. Atmosphere, especially at night when Michael Mann's shooting stuff at night, it just—he oh. has this like you can kind of. I mean, it's you know, it's that stupid saying of L.A. is a, is another character in the movie, but there's this there's this atmosphere, there's this energy to that helps you kind of feel like you're in that place. But there's like, a
1: difference between like L.A. is another character in this movie when somebody just shoots a movie in L.A. and when Michael Mann shoots something in L.A. Like Michael Mann. Yeah, I mean, is, we're not seeing the glamorous LA either. Like no, other, no, other than maybe but, some of the houses
2: on the st- And, and the those, hills, those like, are all like real places, right? None of them are on a soundstage. Nothing right. is on it like a set yeah. that's built for it. Everything is like a real place in LA. I would say yeah.
1: that Michael Mann specifically just has a way of shooting LA that other people, you know, other people have done. Michael Mann just has perfected.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, collateral is another terrific oh, example of that. Jesus, that's a great,
1: well- what a great movie! But like, that whole scene is so fantastic. And then, like, I think the way that James discussed it, like where, where he's in a bluff, yeah. is so perfect. And then like, the just showing how stupid fucking cops are, like this fucking dumb SWAT guy. Like sits He's SWAT. down and what do you th- SWAT wants yeah. to fucking go, but he sits down. Yeah. <laughs> That's he, what they want. SWAT's supposed to be like the snipers, and like he no, like just they're like, the
3: guys who kick in the uh, door. I thought
1: SWAT, I thought SWAT was also the snipers. Who,
3: they're the guys who kick in the door and then just shoot a whole bunch of bullets and and kill you while yeah. you're in your bed. Yeah. And
1: he just completely fucks up. And you see this when um when the when the team leaves and they don't bust him. And then everybody gets out of the van. They roll up the back of the yeah, van. And everyone, and gets, everyone out. gets out except for the SWAT guy. The one guy who made the, who and he, made the sound. And he just stands He's in the like dark. A, and then he kind of just like disappears into the shadows. <laughs> like a fucking moron.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't discount like the the, sorry, the performances are just like, So good. I mean, obviously, especially from De Niro and Pacino, but like every, everybody in this movie is great. And there's so many fucking people of note in this movie. There are so many
1: people in this fucking movie. It's Um, insane.
3: But just like, there's so many moments of dialogue that are just, yeah, Pacino goes full Pacino in this, but like, (laughs) it's just, it's just works in this movie. You're all up in her ass. Um, yeah. Uh, Anyway, Fun. so like, yeah, when he's just even little things, though, like he's talking to that SWAT guy on the on the walkie talkie and he's like, I have tactical command. They will walk and you will let them like, yeah, like do not fuck up my shit here.
1: Yeah, I think this is kind of um, to me, this is the end of the Pacino De Niro.
3: Yeah, I think I think they each had a few pretty good movies after this, but, but this is we're like, winding down. Right?
1: W- this is where we get to actually see them both go full
3: yeah, and this was the first time they were on screen together. And like, that was it seems crazy. It seems crazy that, you know, we had they're, to wait till 1995. Well, they're also in them.
1: literally one of the greatest movies in American history. They're yeah. in Godfather 2.
3: Yeah, they just don't share any screen time because yeah. they're in set in different yeah. times.
1: But it's, it's just that, like, this is the first time. And I remember, like, even when I was younger, I remember being like, oh, no, like, these two actors that I don't give a shit about. Like You know what I mean Like when you're Just like a fucking teenager Mm -hmm. Are like In the movie together Like that's a That's a big deal And uh It was such a selling point And then we watched the trailer And Trailer's garbage Trailer's trailer's garbage Trailer's garbage And the trailer is just Pretty much Nobody gave a shit It's pretty much just a trailer For those two
3: Um But I love Just like how You know the whole time They are Uh Playing off of each other Even though they're not together But then In the middle of the movie You get the they come together this this one time to like have a face to face. Yeah,
1: we, it's actually. But there's a scene that leads up to that, which I also love, which I feel falls under the action sequence, which is is the trailing of the car. Yeah, like the helicopter. I love I love this tactical like the the tactical like trailing and like the one car and then there's the helicopter and then the um, Pacino swaps vehicles yeah, with the gets, one guy. Yeah, he
3: gets into the car and goes yeah. after him.
1: Yeah, and I, all that was good. And then there's a. They have the the amazing conversation mm-hmm. uh, at the diner,
3: where they just have a sort of understanding. Uh, they have all this respect for each other and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, we could go and we could talk about all the individual like bits of dialogue. Yeah, well, do you want
1: to talk about just the scenes so we can talk about the next scene? I'd I'd want to say is the
3: after the heist. uh It's
1: the, the it's the. It's the failed heist, but it's the... Um well, we get
3: the dealings with Van Sant, William Fickner's character, where they're going to sell... They've stolen some of his product or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're going to sell some of it back to him because yeah. they're like, oh, we didn't realize it was yours. William Fickner, man. Yeah.
1: What and, a fucking His right, sleep. his right-hand
3: man, Henry Rollins.
1: Yeah. But I want to talk about the... I was just saying we should talk about the scene where uh, they they flip the script on the on the cops where the, Oh, where they're oh, in yeah. the, well, the a bit later too. But man, yeah. what, a, what an amazing, like just piece of writing that is though.
3: Yeah. So yeah. Once they realize that they, the cops are on to them. Yeah. Um, yeah drawing them out to that shipping yard
1: and you as the as the, as the the audience right like you're just seeing them and you're like listening to Paci- uh, De Niro and he's just like alright so we're gonna escape we're yeah gonna we've, go. got, we've got we different have, escape this is our, routes this is our yeah. first route this is our second route right like we're gonna do this and like you have like no real idea at that point like yeah what they're doing you're just watching it and then Pacino shows up with his fucking crew and they're like what are we looking at you know
3: yeah what are they looking at? What are they looking at? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out, <laughs> Ted Levine. Is, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, he, of course, he comes to the real. You know what? You want to know what they're looking at?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: They're looking at us. <laughs> that's
1: good. <laughs> the LAPD. <laughs> and this is the police the, department. This is yeah. where everything kind of starts to be like. If you want to start like poking like, pretty serious holes in the movie, it's it's this. It's that. There's no way that Pacino is that up on what. Uh, sorry, yeah, Pacino's is uh, what De Niro's doing, right? Like Pacino well, just knows, we're that, supposed to Pacino know knows every single beat. Well, yeah. he
2: does say I want I want them all tailed if they go for dinner, I want everyone they're going for dinner with tailed. Right. Like they want like he wants heavy, heavy stuff. But wait,
1: it's it's the part where he's like they he they, they're like there's no He's like well, Oh you know what they're I looking at They're looking at us Yeah I don't think that's unreasonable
3: yeah. though Because We're supposed to realize That he is like A very smart character And if they're looking at all this And he realizes There is nothing here to Rob yeah. I don't think it's that much Of a jump for him to be Maybe like we not. We've just gotten made Like
1: Maybe not This is why I'm not a detective yet <laughs> Haven't made detective Quite yet well, Eventually Robbery I'll, I'll homicide Eventually I'll be a A private investigator And I'll probably be able To figure that out too <laughs>
3: But all his team are just great actors too, you know, Ted Levine. Oh, so McKelti Williamson is awesome in this movie. Like I love the scene Studio. when they
1: all go for dinner. Yeah,
3: and well there's another parallel, right? We see all the gangsters yeah. with their wives out for dinner and then we follow that up with the scene with the cops and out with their wives, right? Yeah.
1: And they're all like I don't know, it's just it's this kind of throwback to mob movies where like like in mob movies it used to be like everybody went out and they had a big dinner and they all this like all this stuff and the f- like the familia yeah and how they paralleled that with like with the cops right the only difference is that in a, in a mob movie there would have been more kids involved like, yeah like, right
2: that's right true. um and it would have been at somebody's house and
1: spaghetti, um but uh i i don't know i i, just, like, I loved all that kind of stuff but i love that danny trejo's
3: name in this movie is trejo
1: <laughs> dang
3: <Trejo. laughs> like we can't be bothered to come up with a character name yeah. for you
1: <laughs> or he's just so in imposing he's, he's I'm a so, human so he's
3: just so danny trejo he's actually
1: he's great in this
3: um, yeah this would have been one of the first things i saw him in this and desperado i think were yeah. the same year
1: so after this what do we really got we've got the the bank robbery right
2: well we have like all the relationship stuff we have I, you told me not to talk about no that. no i, I know <laughs> well
3: and we haven't talked about like Val Kilmer and Ashley Judd and all yeah, that stuff yeah
2: exactly so there,
3: cuz there's that stuff going man, on man as ashley well.
1: judd was a smoke show that's the
3: exact line my cousin said when we were watching this movie <laughs> Sorry, i don't
1: i don't normally talk about people like women and their attractiveness and stuff like that but i forgot how much ashley judd was like a straight up like uh-huh. That's what she was <laughs> at that time in her career.
3: She's a big deal. I mean, this after this, of course, she went to have a whole bunch of starring roles. And Then she thrillers got thrillers. And and then stuff. she got
1: blackballed, or like blackballed. Is that what it's called?
3: Uh, yeah, was she? uh, Was it Weinstein? Weinstein yeah, blackballed yeah, her. Or,
1: right. She couldn't get another job. Yeah. Because he, yeah.
3: It's a bummer too. Yeah, she was a big. She was a big deal. She was a huge while.
1: double. Double Jeopardy.
3: Yeah, she was a lot of thrillers. Kiss the Girls. All yeah. these movies at the double time. Double Jeopardy. It's great.
2: <laughs>
1: that's a great movie that's great. I, saw, great I saw that movie in the theater <laughs>
2: we'll, I, do it, we'll do it on the I show I started watching it not that <laughs> long ago actually
1: uh, yeah I see all the relationship stuff Val Kilmer has like an actual like wife and kid um, yeah and they have a son
3: uh, and we see you know there's like like conflict and a lot more conflict in their relationship but uh, yeah. but Val Kilmer is like very very much in love with her, he's just like a fuck up. He's like a gambler. He's a
1: fucking loser. Yeah, and well, and De Niro, <laughs> but he's so good in this. De Niro ends up going and talking to Ashley Judd,
3: right? Well, he he happens to see her having an affair with Hank Azaria, yeah, <laughs> at a hotel or a oh, that's Hank
1: Azaria.
2: So if it wasn't gonna be Val Kilmer, it was gonna be um, Keanu Reeves or I forget who the other guy was.
3: Oh man, Val Kilmer is so good. But he cool. was able
2: to fit it in between Batman, right? This. And this saint uh, would
1: have been around this time too val kilmer is one of my all-time favorite actors i just i i i love yeah i mean he's I not see.
3: showy in this movie no. really no i mean he's a couple moments of like outburst or whatever but like he's just so solid oh, man one of my favorite parts again when they are coming out of the bank when they've robbed the bank and Val Kilmer sees the cops through the through the truck window oh, across yeah. the street. There is no hesitation. He immediately starts firing his I can't his, his wait. Yeah. Th- I'm
1: working my way up to talking about this scene. I'm so excited to talk about this scene. Uh, is there anything else before that that we can
3: Oh, this man, there's the cool shit with Wayne Grow. Once you know Wayne Grow kills the SWAT or the cops in the heist, they're pissed at him because they don't do shit like that unless they have to. So they take him to oh, that. Yeah, they, di- take- they take him to that diner.
1: The diner, yeah.
3: And like Tom Sizemore is just fucking so deadly in this scene. And first, how he like moves, and he's like his sort of like boxing him in because he's in the booth, and he's just like put he positions himself in a way that like this guy's not leaving. And then De Niro comes in and he sits in there, and you know we get that line when he wants to pay off this motherfucker and get rid of him, slams his head in the table, and then like the guy at the other table looks over to see what's going on. And Tom Sizemore just gives him this fucking glare. Like, you know, this mind your fucking business glare. That is just, I believe it. 100%. I
1: (laughs) I think that, um, we, we, we're going to talk about it in the, and we tell, we have talked about it in the way that the characters move in the action sequences, but there is so much subtlety and there is so much like, like between the lines stuff in the way that the characters move in scenes like this. Yeah, like, well, that's the, in thing, the, way that there's that's the defer- thing
3: about man is like he, he nails all these little yeah. details and all of them add up to something that is really yeah. special.
1: The way that like there's deference to certain characters, whereas like, you know, this is the leader and like I move this way and I right. move to block this. And like, you know, why everyone this- does
3: their part and they know what they're supposed to do.
1: And it's like complete clockwork, right? Like these are all
3: then when they take him outside to kill him and they've got the garbage bags ready in the trunk of the car, yeah. De Niro yeah. fucking throws him down on the ground. He's about to shoot him and Tom Sizemore's on like watch duty and he's like, hold it. Like, yeah. cause there's a cop car there. Uh, and of course Wayne girl gets away, but just like still I the positioning, right? Everybody's Kilmer's over here. He's watching Tom Sizemore's over here. He's watching the street, you know, like
2: that's kind of sloppy though, that he sloppy. gets away. I will
1: say that when I get into my
2: De Niro,
3: problem, yeah, gets distracted there.
2: When I get into my problems
1: for this movie that's the beginning of like the, this movie is not perfect. No. I mean, well, no movie is right.
3: I think it's (laughs) Casablanca. (laughs) Well, it's close. Damn close. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it does so many things, right. That the things that it gets wrong, I'm like, it's okay. Like, yes, we can talk about those things. There are, there are things that are not perfect about the movie. And there are like, he, because he's creating this sprawling crime saga, he, go, he gets a little unwieldy with where he goes with some subplots. Like, we don't need the Wayne Grove serial killer subplot in the movie. Yeah, that is, like, We don't extra. necessarily need the Natalie Portman tries to commit suicide subplot in the movie. Yeah. So, there's this, he, it gets a little little fat. Like, well, there's a little gets, stuff that could be into, excised. But.
1: It gets almost into
2: miniseries.
3: Yeah right like it could you'd be like oh yeah we could watch we could make this into a this is
1: an HBO miniseries you could right. totally
2: make this but H- that you know. makes sense
1: coming from where he's coming from I mean this guy made TV yeah like right this he's he's, crea- he's
2: creating
3: a huge episode right in here like so it's got all these storylines he'd, he'd like to be more explored than Natalie Portman you know she's this bummed out teenage daughter I, I get why he would leave that in because then you get the closure scene with him and the wife right Um, and the thing is they, the actors are so good that even though that stuff isn't the best written parts of the movie, they kind of make it work for me, especially that last conversation they have together kind of like ties it up, even though like all the stuff before wasn't, you know, necessarily the best. Um, but it's just not necessary in this movie. That's already like such a grand (laughs) scope of a, of a film. Like there's already so much going on. We don't. We definitely don't need the Wayne Gro serial killer stuff where he's yeah. you know, he's with that sex worker and yeah. I mean he's creepy as hell. The guy plays it awesome, but, but like it's just you not, already got that. But We before. just don't need
1: it. Yeah, we already know he's like
2: this yeah. weird creep.
3: So yeah, that
1: could be a whole other spinoff movie, right? Or um, uh,
3: or more episodes of the show.
1: When we talk about like how amazing everybody is, like even is it? I'm just looking at IMDb. Is it Edie? Is that the girlfriend of? Yeah. Yeah. Like even. She's, she's, she's great. Her, her, she
3: does as much as she can. I think that this. I
1: think that she does so much more than she's given. Yeah. In the movie. Like I think she's given almost nothing. She's given and very she, little. She's given very little. Even less than than
3: um the actress playing Pacino's wife. I I forget her name now. She has the she has the unfortunate uh position of also being Having Russell, Russell Crowe's wife in The Insider, so like yeah. it's another one of those kind of thankless wife roles. But having yeah. the
2: worst haircut.
3: Let's can we talk <laughs> about? Well, you should see Pacino's haircut in The Insider. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can we talk about the bank robbery?
3: Yeah, let's uh, let's get into that. Oh, sorry. Wait. One thing. I
1: want one second. Okay, go ahead.
2: So before the bank robbery, where they meet, and there's a line in there. There's two lines in this movie that Kill I thought, you? no, that I thought of trapped in paradise. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, T- tie in. I, I can't I, wait to hear I, this. I knew
3: you were going to bring this up. Okay. <laughs> so
2: one of them is when they're meeting in the coffee shop, you do what you do, you do what you do and, <laughs> and I, do I do what I, I do. do. Yeah. He says that. He does oh, say does he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I couldn't believe it when he said that. As soon
3: as I heard it, I was like, oh, man. The <laughs> other
2: one is in the bank robbery where he says, keys, keys. All right. Yeah. I yeah, was like, what keys? And he
3: punches him. In the yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh,
1: man. I didn't, so oh, good. I feel it's like, honestly, I have to say that like I feel like I am an embarrassment to our family.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice this?
2: I don't know, man. I fucking noticed. The, yeah. Not
3: the keys one, but the you do what you keys. do. Yeah. I noticed. Same year, I think, isn't it? These movies.
2: Uh, actually, Trapped in Paradise is '94. He probably watched that movie and was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna use I'm inspired that." Inspired by the bank I, robbery, I'm gonna in use this those movie. lines. <laughs> yeah, Michael Mann was inspired by Trapped
3: in Paradise. Well, he obviously well, stole Trap
2: yeah, in Trapped in Paradise. in Paradise. We're just talking Fuck about that. Off. Yeah.
3: You're there's kidding? no there's no way that that's where he got it from.
2: He totally stole those <laughs> lines from Charlie Michael Paredes. Mann
1: stole... I'm going to write Michael... Plagiarist I'm going I'm plagiarist. Gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not joking. I think I'm going to write Michael Mann a handwritten letter. <laughs> right. Asking him. Did you steal this? No. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? Were, I was going to say... <laughs> were you inspired to make were this you inspired heist movie by Charlie <laughs> What if Michael Mann writes me back and he says... One hundred.
2: I've been waiting for I this. Like, you're, <laughs> the first, found
1: out. you're the first one to say it. To, to notice to, the connections. Yes. To connect
2: the dots. Connect, connect the, the dots.
1: dots. <laughs> oh, my God. What if he came back with like a, a letter that was just full of trapped in paradise puns? Oh, man. That'd I mean, uh. be
2: so good. <laughs> Anyways, continue. The bank robbery. Okay, yeah. so
1: the bank robbery scene is probably one of...
3: So right before the bank robbery scene, we have that meeting with De Niro and his crew where he is like, you guys each got to decide if it's worth it. The heat are on to us like, do we want to go ahead and do this? Because it's a really risky Val Kilmer's character. He needs the money because he's got all these gambling debts. So he's in. But the part with Tom Sizemore that we were Um, talking about before.
1: Action is the juice. He's
3: like, for me, the action is the juice. Like it's delivery. He was the
1: first one in, I think.
3: No second, because Kilmer first is like yeah, immediately like I gotta like, do it.
1: Kilmer also seems like he is De Niro's like like adopt like son. Innocent. Yes, he's
3: his he's his right hand man. Like he like is, he's yeah. the one he depends on, and is like yes, he treats him like a son. He like he's a kind son. of trying to make sure his relationship stays on track. And, and like the, the,
1: the Kilmer is like the most ride or die. Like, oh man, I just, I love this movie so much. Like the, like the way that he, they create that relationship between Kilmer and De Niro and like, there's so much,
3: but it's all just little things. That's why it's so funny because he's, he's so deft at these things, but then so sloppy with, with the relationships with the women. He's
1: fine at dealing with like men and women, like sorry, men and men, like, yes. And like expressing feelings between men and like these subtleties of like masculinity and like, and all that kind of stuff. Like, and he actually pushes it. I think in, in a lot of ways, I think he actually opens it up for other filmmakers to do so much more with, with that and, mm-hmm. and, and to, and to like, um, like explore male and like male relationships. Right. Yeah. But he's just so tone deaf when it comes to women, <laughs> like he just like, he just can't write a woman to save his fucking life. <laughs> I
3: mean, they're always just like side wife characters,
1: you know. But and like, you know, I'm, that sucks. Like, that's it's going to be a knock on them. Like there's no, a, it's just a knock on him. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's just, it takes away one point. But you
3: can't be good at, at everything. I but guess. Yeah.
1: Just hire a woman to yeah. help
3: you. Yeah, hire some writers to help you punch that stuff up.
1: So we got this meeting. Everybody comes in. Everybody decides. Everyone's in. So everybody's being tailed by uh, Pacino.
3: Yeah, his crew. His crew. But then they dump them all. They dump them all at the same time. time. While they're having the meeting. I had coffee with Macaulay (laughs) half an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: pretty amazing. Except for, uh, what's his name?
3: Uh, Treo. Treo. Well, but he, he did dump the cops. It was, yes, it was Van Sant who took his, his girlfriend or wife.
1: No, but he said they're all over me.
3: Yes. He was, he was making that up so that he wouldn't be in the job because he was, he had pressure put on him by Van Sant, Michael Fickner or William Fickner's character. Oh, I see. They had kidnapped his wife and were like
1: layers, man. Fucking layers. Mm. So then
3: that was the other part that we've been seeing little, Scenes throughout the movie of Dennis Haysbert's character working at the, working at the diner after he got out of prison.
1: Yeah, which actually has like no connection to the movie until two hours.
2: It's in.
3: another one of those things where it's like, do we need this stuff? But. I really enjoy
2: his scenes so much. Well, he's just a good actor, yeah, I find. Yeah, he's a good actor. I, I just find it's just such a waste. I, I would have wanted more I think that it's just
3: extremely convenient. They're eating in the diner. Yeah, exactly. They just lost their driver. Here's a guy that we can... And it's sad. Take. It's
2: sad. It's so it is sad. sad. It's so sad.
3: Then, oh, that's... that's what, like, he gets that stuff done really nicely. He nice. does, like, too, but it's his also... His wife then has to see that news report afterwards. But it
1: only uses women as pawns. It doesn't use them. Well, as I don't know if I'd
3: say that part of it is a is a pawn I'd so say much. So. Like I, there's a good scene there with the two of them where she is telling him how proud she is of him when he's gotten out of prison and he's working at this shitty job. But
1: but women are only women are only collateral damage. Right? They're not a part of anything.
3: Women have no Yeah, I generally agree with you. I do I do think there's some good what stuff I'm, with that. What him. I'm
1: saying though is that women have no autonomy over the things that happen to them. Right. Men inflict right. pain so upon they're,
3: them. They're there to see, so we see the pain that yeah. happens. But... Yeah,
1: women are there to just deal with the leftovers. Right. right? And, and that's. I
3: mean, but I mean, in some ways, that is part of the point of <laughs> these characters. Like, they are damaging these people because. They are so I would
1: involved
2: that, with what they are. Yeah, men are just horrible. I would say that now... It, <laughs> that, that's what <laughs> I guess from this.
1: And that's a valid point. But I say that nowadays the difference would just be that like they would add women to the gang and men yeah. can be damn. You know what I mean? Or Which
2: remove just, women completely from the movie. <laughs> it's
1: man island. Get them, get well, them. That's,
2: that's what John Wick is. They completely remove the woman. No, there's
1: women in John Wick.
2: No, not the first one.
1: Yes, there is. Well, not really. Not really. Uh, there's a woman who tries to kill him. Yes, that's true. There's a woman who tries to kill him. It's a pretty yeah. big scene. She's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, also, his wife is dead, which is like which is like five the, minutes. It's the ultimate. Which, it's also the catalyst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kicks everything off. Yeah. Right, but so that's,
3: that's that's not much different than what we're talking. It's about It's not. No, here. you're totally right. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the bank robbery.
1: All right, let's talk about the bank robbery. Uh, so this is a pretty famous scene. Yeah.
3: I mean, you not only do you see this the influence of this scene in other movies and T V shows since this came out, but think about Grand Theft Auto. Don't you think Grand Theft Auto was like heavily inspired by this sequence? Oh
1: absolutely. Like Grand Theft Auto was. Um James and I like you were we you stepped out for a second. Uh, we just watched the nineteen ninety seven um North uh North Hollywood, I think it was North Hollywood.
2: Yeah, North Hollywood.
1: North Hollywood uh bank robbery. That was inspired by this scene?
3: So wait, the bank the bank robbery itself was inspired by the movie? Well,
1: you got to kind of think it was. Yeah. I mean, it's these two dudes. They saw dudes. this and they're
3: like, hey, if we can swat up,
2: we can...
1: I mean, I'm going to say it was inspired. It's these two dudes just go straight up like fucking...
2: Yeah, they have He-Man. full tactical gear.
1: Full tactical mm-hmm. gear, full, like, everything. Assault weapons and all that Yeah, stuff. the one dude got shot 28 times. Did they wear the
3: goalie masks? <laughs>
2: no. No. Uh, but they were like mowing down people like right. they basically were shooting anything that moved. But you also like see, didn't care.
1: So there's so much stuff that you see uh, in this bank robbery before we even get into the shootout. Um, things that were inspired by history, things that were um, later actually redone by Michael Mann in later movies like Public Enemy. Um, or even where, Miami Vice, has Miami has a Vice. There's a
3: similar shootout at the end of Miami Vice. Yeah.
1: So where you have the team, they roll in. Uh, everything's like completely tactical. Everything's like bang, bang, bang. Uh, you got Al Pacino. He's up. He's walking across the dockets or whatever they're called um, in the in the in the bank, telling everybody you know De Niro. Fucking, De, De Niro. Sorry. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> he's telling everybody to be cool, kind of just calm down. Um, they all come out. Everything's fine. Sizemore comes out first.
3: You know what? I also thought of when I was watching this bank robbery scene again. Was actually Point Break.
1: Oh fuck yeah!
2: Yeah,
3: there's some similarities in the bo- in the bank robbery scene in that that to this, which was before this.
1: What's what's her name?
3: Catherine Bigelow. Yeah,
1: so underrated, Catherine Bigelow.
3: I mean, wouldn't any bank robbery scene be similar <laughs> yeah, to? Th- okay, you can make that argument, but just like sort of the way that they present the team of guys controlling the whole scene
1: in a certain way. Yeah. I feel like he was quite inspired by. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, Trapped in Paradise. <laughs>
2: Really, I've never heard of this. Who's in it?
1: Um, it's a little film starring uh, John Lovett, uh, Dana Carvey. Uh, oh, uh, oh Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage.
3: Nicolas Cage. Uh, Classic. Yeah, this, but uh, this, teen, this scene is man. Every time, I mean, if, you, if it's done well there's just like a, an automatic amount of tension you get in a bank robbery because you always know like who the cops are going to be coming. Yeah. yeah. And well, like
1: The thing is a, a bank robbery, like we understand as an audience, we understand the stakes, right? We understand like, okay, we, we have a possible hostage situation. We have like uh, people with a direct motive. Uh, they have a, a goal. They have a, uh, what, what they want to do. They want to get in. They want to get out. They want the money um, yeah. possible of hostages. If anybody moves, they get shot. Like we know, we're trained at this point as an audience to understand exactly right. what is happening, and this movie just takes that and shows it perfectly.
3: And here we have that tension drawn out for the robbery, but then, as soon as the robbery's over and they're about to escape, it seems like all has gone well, and then it all just fucking goes. Yeah. So what happens? So, so
2: close.
1: Everybody's <laughs> out except for.
3: Uh, Val Kilmer is the last one getting to the car, yeah, and this is that moment when he sees the he sees the cops across the street and just un- immediately unleashes <laughs> like he doesn't. There's no oh, there's the cops. It's just like he sees them. Boom, 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 boom. He starts firing like yeah. there's nothing.
1: Everything is so tactically perfect. It's but it's like you can do all that tactical shit, right? Like the thing is, you can shoot a war poorly. You know what I mean? He shoots a war perfectly, like he just. Yeah, this is a war taking place in the yeah, streets. the so. camera is in the perfect position. Like, like everything is just so perfectly framed. Everything is, it, it's all, it's all perfect. Like this is a, this is a perfect gunfight.
3: Yeah, it's it's so good. And like we were talking about earlier, the the realism because of the, the way the gunshots sound, it just feels more intense because it feels like something that could really happen as versus, you know, we see a lot of movies where there's lots of fun action that isn't necessarily remotely grounded in anything real. Right.
2: Yeah. It's, it's almost eerie, right? Yeah. Like how quiet it is. And then the, the cracking of the gunfire. And yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's crazy.
1: You, you feel like there's, so you're, you're in this square, right? There's people everywhere, but, um, and, all these bullets are ringing out, but they're they're hitting at a different like decibel level. Like you're used to like that high, like pop, 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 pop. These are like a little bit lower, right? And it makes everything in that area just seem hollow. Yeah. And like, it's
2: all, well, it's all echoing off these yeah, buildings. It, is, right? it almost right? like, sounds like a, like a rifle like in like a canyon or something yeah. right
3: but yeah, they, I, they are kind of in a canyon right? yeah these
2: kind of the office buildings and whatever the buildings yeah
1: yeah like you really feel like you're you're right in involved in it and all these people are everywhere but you're not hearing <clears throat> I, what like when you when you normally watch these scenes like and if we're watching like just, you know whatever a- average ass action movie like Olympus has fallen or something like that right you're hearing like this, the music, the music is ramping up. Mm-hmm. The music is so loud, right? And you're hearing people screaming and you're watching like people like grabbing each other and like running out of the way, and none of that is happening. You're watching almost like, I think, close to human reaction. Yeah, to, I mean, like, there are
3: people screaming and fleeing on the sides, but you're stuff, not,
1: but. but it's not being amplified to the amount, yeah. right? What yeah. you're really hearing is what you would hear if you were just a part of it. You're hearing this like hollow gunshot. Like in this canyon, because yeah,
2: they weren't added after the sound effects, yeah, right? That's, and then you, I think that's yeah. the big difference.
3: And then you have this these guys that are trying to like punch a hole out, like they're 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 trapped, like they're yeah boxed in, and they are trying to find a way to punch a hole out, out to get out of there. And of course, now we, you know, well, Dennis Haysbert sadly is killed like almost immediately as they're trying to drive away. Uh, Tom Sizemore takes a bullet here, and he gets split up from them. And he and he runs the different direction Val Kilmer and De Niro are, are firing so much at those cops. <laughs> so many bullets. Uh, Watching and then Kilmer gets hit too. Yeah. Like he, gets he goes hit in down the shoulder. I think. Yeah. And uh, De Niro has got to drag him out of there and they get into that like grocery parking lot where they're trying to steal a car. And, uh, there are some innocent bystanders I think that take bullets. in that. so
1: this is also another thing that I want to talk about. This is the point where you realize that Pacino is not a good guy where none of them are good guys.
3: Um, well, I mean, this is something I was thinking about too last night where it's like, th- is this what it costs? You, okay, we're going to stop these guys, stole a bunch of money, and so what's going to happen is uh, cops are going to get shot, by, like bystanders are going to get shot, these guys are possibly going to get shot and killed, all because... Of some
2: money, right? But it, but it's a dog with a bone, right? I need yeah. to get that bone. But this is why.
1: Yeah. But and that's what I was saying earlier on, where it's like they're not good. Like they could just let them go. Yeah, but no, no but, one, that's, but this is their whole purpose. But no one. Their would, whole
3: purpose is we must catch them.
1: But but the thing is, they like no, and, and that's why I'm I'm saying they're not good guys. Yeah, you know, it's I'm, because I'm with you. They could catch them. They know exactly who they are. They could track them all down. Yeah, I mean, but I think the thought
3: in the movie is they're going to get false ID, ID, no, ID's and escape. Well, I, I well, don't.
2: I, they don't know who they're because I mean, Val Kilmer. Later, they stop him right. and check his ID, and they're like, "Yeah, he he has he's a not fake the ID guy at that point." And no, like, but
1: that's because it's not one of the actual people involved. No, I understand. And, like that. what I'm saying is that like that that this is this is the same not to become too real into the real world. But this is the same reason that was like, this is why a cop chases a person through a city or mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's that it's, yeah, that, it's, it's about, it's not about actually stopping the crime and protecting h- humans, people. It's about, a, it's about, it's, it's, it's a about, game. it's about catching them. It's no matter what the cost them. is. Yeah. And the thing is that like, this is where the point where to me, Pacino becomes just as culpable in all of this as Right, because if, the if
3: they didn't try to take them at this point, if nope. they waited till later to try to take them, yeah. this you could have avoided all this violence. All
1: of this violence could have been gone, but it's about showing that they're not different people.
3: Because these guys, these robbers aren't going to shoot anyone they would unless never. they're put in a position where they have to. Right? Yeah, you exactly. Think Tom,
1: you think Tom Sizemore is like... Is taking that kid hostage.
3: Yeah. But I mean, we really get a, an idea like, these guys are not good guys. Cause we, we sympathize with these guys. We get to know them and we, but, c- we kind of like them mm-hmm. while we're watching the movie. But then you see, and Tom Sizemore, we see has a kid of his own earlier in the movie when they're out at dinner. Yeah. And, it, but at this point he's going to be caught. He takes a little girl as a, as a, yeah. as a shield, human shield.
1: See, I think this is where maybe we, we, we kind of diverge a little bit because to me, Tom Sizemore, and Pacino in that scene are no different because oh, yeah, Sizemore because Pacino Sizemore, takes the shot Sizemore is willing to put himself behind a child mm-hmm. and Pacino for his own personal yes. his ego is willing to I think risk well, this saying, gets a little muddy here because, it does get muddy, because you
3: would want to probably put down the person who has taken he, the child because you don't know that, what they're going to do with them
1: my argument is that he put that child in that situation they could have let them just go Mm. And that Pacino, there's no way that Pacino is like, I I hope to God that that's not what a cop is trained to do.
3: I mean, it would make for a lot less exciting of of a movie. I I,
1: I honestly think that's what Michael Mann is trying to do, though. I think that in this scene, I feel like Michael Mann is trying to show that the line between cop and robber is so incredibly blurred. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, that's the, I think that's the purpose of the whole movie, yeah. right?
1: and I think that, that like what I'm talking about is really what it is. I mean, how far you go to that line, like if you think that, you know, cops at the end of the day are better, and it's, it's not an argument about cops being better, it's not about anything like that. It's about these cops. It's about Pacino. Is Pacino any better, right? Like, he is, he, it's a flip of the coin whether he was a good guy or a bad guy
3: yeah i think um i think he has some noble intentions in him and i think we are supposed to get that idea from little things throughout the movie like uh the way that he reacts with the woman who finds out her daughter has been murdered at the the hotel just little things like that where we're supposed to think okay well he does care about like the the citizens and stuff. It's not necessarily his main concern. His main concern is getting what he needs, which is the pursuit. Mm-hmm. But I think we are still supposed to think that he is like, in general, a quote unquote good guy. A
1: lot of that is is juxtaposed with like the like the most horrid. of I mean, things though. Like I think talking, he is trying
3: to present a complicated portrayal of yeah. a person and who's not any one thing. Who is but good and bad, right? When he's
1: talking about like. Oh, you wanna talk about like you wanna talk about my day? Like
3: yeah, yeah. I'll talk about a junkie to spell all this. Let's, talk about, a, shit. let's <laughs> talk about a junkie who put
1: his baby in a fucking yeah, microwave, a microwave. Like in the that is like whoa, right?
3: You knew what you signed up for, baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh I know th- I, I I I just think that this is the point where whether it comes through or not, this is where Michael Mann is trying to say. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know.
3: Well, what, he's creating human characters that have uh, that are a complicated mix of all kinds of things that We're are like, that are not necessarily good yeah. or bad. That are different things fighting each other. That are you know
1: yeah like it's like like they're about the grace of God. Go I in a sense where like they we all like they they could have flip sides. Both of them could have right. just been on the other end. Uh, it, it, I don't know that it's it's really interesting to me it's just, i i think he does this, an amazing job with it it's just it's really it becomes really complicated at that point about who's doing the right thing cuz in reality i feel like not none of them are
3: yeah um i mean we he i don't know if he picks a side but I don't think the end does. of the movie is pacino kills de niro and he's the one who sort of you know maybe you could say wins it, but it's not. You don't feel like it's like a clean victory. Like there is this sense of like an emptiness. Like I don't feel like in this any, is this is over, and now he's going to go on to the next person that he has to do this. with. Yeah, way it's not.
1: It's not like, like there's going to be another thing because it's kind of built up in the sense of like that. That oh, De Niro is like his like Moby Dick, right? right. Like he's like he's he's gonna he's gonna get he's chasing this white whale. And that's gonna be like the end. This is what's going to fulfill him. No, he's going to have this momentary,
3: it, you know, maybe like some sort of satisfaction, maybe, uh, from this, and then he's going to have to feed that yeah. that again.
1: The only thing that actually, this is, I don't know, this might might be a really crazy thing, and I, I just thought of it, um, but it almost m- would be a better thing if this was more of a Batman and Joker situation. In which he, he gets just, away, he got away and he and then and then Batman always has this like,
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I think this that's constant fun thing in that, but in the, I, in I don't know if I'd apply that to this.
1: What I would say more of, of like, it's better for him to have a constant foil, right? Than, like he's always going after which because then he's never left with the emptiness. Well, of I himself. like
3: I kind of like this sort of melancholy feeling of the end of the very final shot of the film. Uh, we're jumping ahead a little bit because there's a bunch of stuff between the end of the bank robbery and the end of the movie, but um, there's just sort of this weird um, malaise that sort of comes over him, like he's oh, yeah. he's standing there holding De Niro's hand yeah, he as he dies, his hand and because um, there's this respect between them, even though they are on different sides of the law or whatever. But he's like good game, sort of, but he's also I think I feel like this sense of sadness from him of like. Uh, it's sad that he, this is what. Well, it's like the result of everything is is just. I had okay. I got my prey. I killed I him, but now I'm gonna have to go hunt something well, else, right?
2: Well, and he kind of. I mean, part of like them meeting is kind of like, don't make me. Kill yes, you. Yes,
3: and they yeah right like they both say I right. will, I will not hesitate yeah. like I will, right. <laughs> I will yeah, They there.
1: both are like I will lay you the fuck down if I have to.
3: Yeah. Uh, after the bank robbery, we get Kilmer gets sent to to um, John Voight's place to heal up because first Jeremy, Jeremy, Piven Piven. Has to, <laughs> Jeremy Piven has fucking to do Jeremy surgery. Jeremy Piven shows
1: up. <laughs> He's a fucking with scumbag. His, I like
3: how he takes off his shirt and then he still has a hair shirt on underneath. <laughs> 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 fucking Jeremy Piven. Uh, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. What does he say? He's like, oh, my daughter gave this to me. Her father's Day." Like, I don't give a fuck who gave it to you. <laughs> Take off your fucking shirt. I thought shirt. that
1: was so funny. I was watching this with Diana <laughs> and I was like, because he, he gave him like a hot... Like a, $20,000 yeah give right? me your shirt <laughs> yeah and I'm like I'm like I turned to Diana and I'm like I'm sorry I'm like if my kid gave me a shirt there's no fucking way I'm like giving yeah. it up for $20,000
3: and then we get the awkward stuff with De Niro and his girlfriend where you know somehow he convinces her to go with him yeah uh, but we talked about that earlier but then De Niro has to go get um, you know he sees he finds Treo because Treo wasn't there so he thinks that's who betrayed them yeah, and he's basically on the death's door.
1: He Kills Treo.
3: His wife is dead. Well, he kills him because he asks him to. Um, he
1: releases. He finds Trejo. out that it
3: was Van Sant, and so he kills. Yeah, he kills Treo, uh, and then goes to take out Van Sant. <laughs> but but really, he even going after Van Sant is only because he wants to find out where Wayngrow is, because Wayngrow is working with Van and giving up this info information.
1: And this is where. The- this is where everything kind of gets stretched into, like, you have, you know, you're, you're like, what, fifty, forties. 40s? Mm-hmm. You have so much time. You can come back and kill him.
3: He can't let it go, though. I mean, that's the, I mean, I love that part, because he's driving on the highway. They're going to leave. They're out. They're done. They're yeah. taking off. And then uh, John Voight, you know, on the phone is with him, is like, uh, one more thing, uh, only because you asked, like. This guy is under this hotel, and then under the name James. And there's is- so
1: much that you can unpack from that, right? Because like you can really go back and you can be like, okay, why is, why is uh, what's his name calling, and why is he telling him that, right? Like because he what, asked
3: him. What's the his? I know, but like that's the- John Voight's character. He's this like. You know, when he asks him, "Where's Chris?" He's like, "He left." He's like, "Well, what? What happened?" It's a free country,
2: brother. Like,
1: he's not gonna like. What I mean (laughs) is, yeah, he
2: just he he gets the information. He he does what you ask of him. Yeah,
1: and there's just so much to unpack in that, though, of like who this person is and why they do what they do and what they've done. Like, you could make an entire movie. Just you could make an entire actually series of Quentin Tarantino style. (laughs) <laughs> like world built around him,
3: built yeah, around no, his bar. He's actually a rather fascinating character even for such a small part in the movie,
1: right? Um, and it's just like I don't know. it's just all I want in this movie is that for one person to make one smart decision.
3: Well, that I mean, the whole, we've seen lots of smart decisions, but that's the whole thing, right? Like De Niro's character is: I'm disciplined. I I do the rational thing, but he. He's not. He's human. Oh, he's he, can't, of the, he can't let that fucking guy go. He has to go fucking kill him.
1: He's friend of the show, Dan, who thinks he's rational. Uh-oh. When it comes down to it, <laughs> he's going to go kill that motherfucker.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I like all that stuff with Wayne Grove. I love I mean, it. I love it, too. It just Look at me. Look at me.
1: <laughs> I, I love all of it. It's just, I think... I love it as a as as like it, as the way it's written as but as you're watching it, it's like one of those things where like you watch a movie a hundred times and every time you're like make one different decision
3: <laughs> to, 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 to do the different thing. You know what
1: I mean? It's like, can you just, just get on the plane, man? Just <laughs> fucking just go. But that's the
3: ten, that's the tension, right? Because that's what you want to see, and then you're not going to get it.
2: Like I just want him to make the you know the smart decision and leave. Yeah. yeah. That's which what is, what, is
3: which is what who he is in the movie, and that's what he's telling his team. Like, for but, me, this but, job might be worth it because I'm going away after this. Yeah, you, but you you have money put away. You've got a wife. You got a kid. You should stay out of it. So you do the smart thing. Stay out of it. But but ultimately, he is I a love, human, and he yeah. makes a mistake as well because he can't. He just can't. And it's let true, us go. and yeah. I think
1: that like so much of his character is actually just being like incredibly flawed, but. But like just pushing it down and pushing it down and like like having these people, these broken people around him and being like and trying to like, I think he's actually trying to do a good thing for all of them and like trying to like make them as as whole as possible, even though they're all criminals. And then in the end, he's just like it it just breaks down.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, how, I can't feel. I just feel so bad for this Edie character. She's oh. sitting in the car waiting for him. The alarms are going off. All these people are exiting the building, and she's got to be thinking like, "What is happening? What is going but then he on?" He looks at her. He comes out, and he's going to get in the car. But then, bang! Vincent Hanna's there. They so th- they make eye contact. <laughs>
1: this is the worst part of the movie because it makes no fucking sense. Because there's no <laughs> possible way that he, they would he would be able to track him.
3: Well, the funny part is first Hannah notices her sitting in the car and he doesn't know her from fucking Adam anyone. Yeah. Well,
2: he has a sense of yeah, like, he's got a sense. W- what's she doing waiting. He's like fucking Batman. Right? But there's no way yeah. that
1: he would have been able to track him. Like he was ghost. He was gone. Oh,
2: like across the airfield. Yeah, He whatever. was gone. Like, yeah. He was totally gone. There's
1: no way that he would ever, he would have known like where he went. <laughs> he's a
2: bloodhound.
1: He's got just, the scent. That's yeah. the, that's the one part of the movie I just cannot get over. Like it just um, doesn't make any sense to me. There's no way he would have known where he went. I mean he, they, went. he
3: should have just shot it a bit differently so that we could see Pacino tracking him with his eyes or something so so that that made a little bit more sense cuz I don't have a problem with the the scenes and the way that it plays out in terms no, of
2: No,
1: I have a problem with the fact that the finale he, and everything. he knew where he went.
2: I have a problem with those approach lights. Yeah, cuz they don't flash. They like in real life you wouldn't have approach lights flash. They're just always on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Suck that, Dustin, you fuck. <laughs> Why don't you read a book,
2: <laughs> plus, you fucking bitch? Plus, like, none of this would happen. Like, the whole movie wouldn't happen, except for one word, and that's "slick."
3: Right, slick. That, yeah, I mean, we skipped over those fun scenes where he's interrogating like Tone it. Loke and that other guy and his uh, his brother. Yeah, because like I, this slick ain't no joke, man. Like, what, 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 slick?
2: <laughs> that, tell tell me about it. him. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, the it, key it hinges
3: on that. Yeah um because they overhear slick the the homeless guy that has the television that works somehow even though it's in a grocery cart <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> overhear, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, slick. Is there
1: a, like a guitar in like a music you video? know what now that i
3: think about this this movie sucks i'm, I'm taking
1: my whoa, whoa 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 whoa
2: <laughs> no now are, you watched it with your cousins yes so what do they think Oh, they love it. I mean, they've both seen it before. Uh, Your
1: cousins are dumb yeah. fucks. shout out, shout
3: out to Jordan and Josh.
1: Yeah, suck at Jordan and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> James DeYoung here. You guys James can, DeYoung, what? You guys can eat piss. <laughs> eat no. Piss. I was
2: invited to go over and watch, but oh, I was, right, just, right. Turns out he thought I was Dustin. So yeah,
1: I'm John <laughs> now, I'm and on I, Instagram. I, I'm disgusted by James's words. He's got a
3: setup, let me tell you. He's got a nice home theater
1: there. Oh, does he?
3: I love the end of the movie The Last Shot like I was saying and the music that swells up at that point I fucking love it.
1: Michael Mann just destroys. <laughs> like he's so good. He, like everything he his his music choices, like his shots, like everything.
3: I mean, I'll say some of his later music choices in movies gets a bit questionable when he's got like fucking audio slave and shit going, but in this no, movie we all In this fell, movie It's perfect
1: We all Except for me Fell into the audio slave trap We did? <laughs> Not me But you guys did
2: Definitely I did?
1: Oh yeah Remember when you guys Wore only audio slave t-shirts For like three years I couldn't even
2: weird. tell you Any songs Yeah
1: you were all like Audio slave Audio I slave am slave To is the audio slave Is that how their song goes? Yeah pretty yeah, much man. That was you that was, I'm just, I don't know I've never heard a song But that was you telling me a song
3: Cool um yeah. Uh so we get that moment too where De Niro, you know, is looking at her and she's like, "What are you doing? Are you going to get in the car?" like and he knows now he's got to live up to his mantra that he's been saying.
1: Yeah, that really sucks for her. Yeah, it's brutal. But once again, it's just brutal. It just puts all the weight on women.
3: Well, it's just I mean, these guys are not. You might you might admire things about these characters.
1: Oh, can we talk about for a second? But
3: they are they're not good. You know. Yeah. Yo, like, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Val Kilmer showing up. Oh, that's a good scene.
1: I love this scene. Yeah, because it o- it feels like the only choice a woman has in this movie. Yeah. So
3: she's been she's taken in by the cops, and they're using her as bait for Val Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, Hank Azaria is such a dick He's so good (laughs) Um, And so yeah McKelty Williamson I love that part Where he's telling her Like you know This is what's gonna happen To your son And if you don't Yeah this is your way out And and giving her all the good side And she's like What else are you selling Yeah Lots of shit
1: (laughs) Yeah and then uh, (laughs) He says oh You know He can go sleep You know He can go play it In the other room And then she's like He stays with me Yeah and it shows like it shows autonomy for the first time that yeah, a woman has. Yeah, she might have a
3: better bit. I mean, she still isn't fully fleshed out by any means, but
2: but she is the strongest female character. Yeah,
3: you would probably have to say
2: so. Um, yeah,
1: she is. She's the only one who doesn't use like sex or anything, or killing herself as a as a to further her character, right? Like she uses her own choices.
2: Yeah, like she's very Strong, like she can stand yeah, up to Valkyrie, and I do still
3: like that. You know, sh- she she could just give him in here because it's the best thing for her and the kid.
1: It's the smart thing to do. She but she do still
3: it. she still has a love for him too. Like they have this weird relationship, right? Where, it, um, it's not all been roses by by any means, but mm-hmm. like they, you can still tell that they love each other, uh, and so she gives them that little signal, like that well, little hand signal, like no, it don't. Yeah, not, do not come yeah. up here.
1: It feels like that and there's,
3: and there's an actual sadness. He's driving away like
1: I love the, I love it when he turns around. Like he sees it, and he turns around. Yeah. And, and he just asks that, he guy asks that guy directions. Like it's it's such a it's such a simple scene, mm-hmm. but it's also so well done, like the inflection that Kilmer has And this was my anyway, problem asks, when
3: we watched Den of Thieves, which you know very much wants to be this movie but doesn't nail any of that character stuff remotely. Like, it does a pretty good job with the heist sequences and the shooting, shootouts and stuff in that yeah. movie. But none of the character stuff is worth a shit in that movie. No,
2: no.
1: it's not. But also, nobody, nobody just does...
2: Big nuke. <laughs> well, in that movie, all the cops, you hate them.
1: Yeah, well, they just
2: suck. Like, you straight like, up hate
3: Like, them. in this, we're talking about, yeah, Pacino's a deeply flawed character, but you still like following this character and seeing what he's doing and
2: i like all those other detectives what they're like yeah, yeah. They're, lo- they're good I at l- their job i love all that like yeah but in,
1: but that's what i i love i think that especially uh I, don't, I can't speak for you but like for conversations that james and i have had like we have a such a deep love for incredibly flawed detective characters mm-hmm. who are like not good people Mm -hmm. at all like you should you don't even like them but there's it's
3: competency porn right yeah exactly
1: yeah you're just like you like you love what they do you love
3: watching people who are good at what they do
1: exactly yeah (laughs) yeah. Yeah. and and like that's that's fine and like you can be like the worst person ever Mm. i won't like you but like you just get the job done there's something that's so satisfying about that, right?
3: But, or if you, you can be multifaceted and have things about a character that you like and things about them that, that are terrible at the same yeah, time.
1: A lot of the, the best, like, noir detectives are like, that's that's part of the problem. It's like, right. they're they're incredibly flawed, bad human beings. Like, there's a reason that most of them are alcoholics and that they're womanizers. Like, it's because they're not good people. They're, they're people who could have been... Just as easily, the people that they're going after, right? Right, and they probably would have actually been more successful if they were actually the bad guy, because they would have been smarter than the cops, right? But
2: and usually everyone sees them as like scum. Yeah, detectives.
1: Yeah, cops are always the worst.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> private detectives.
1: Yeah, PIs. PIs are always Seamus. Like, Seamus is always yeah. They're <laughs> they're always scum. They're always, like, total shit. They're, <laughs> the, the cops hate them. Right. They're flawed. They're alcoholics and they're violent right. and they're mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And the cops are supposed to be the good guys, but the cops are fucking always incompetent. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Always. In the private yeah has to. I'm so glad that's changed. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, and, and I think that what he does, like, what Michael Mann does in this film, though, is he brings that noir sensibility to...
2: Yeah, no. you believe in this crew of detectives, right? Yeah. They're a family, and like, and the the crew of thieves. Yeah, and the crew and, of thieves. Like it's very well done.
1: I like. I, well, what he does is he really takes the whole genre and he like flips it and he's like, "Hey, so these people that you like, you, you like, they're no different than the people that like mm. that you don't like. Like they're yeah. they're all the same, right? They're, yeah. Like there's yeah. a there's a there's like a vapor there's a vapor thin line between who who's who." right yeah so i mean i love
3: it all like i love the sprawling nature of it even the stuff that could be cut i enjoy the scenes because they're being performed so well so it's like to me it doesn't necessarily matter that they're there i know if you really wanted to like get into it yeah we could cut some stuff but i just when i'm watching the movie and i've seen it so many times I'm looking forward to... I'm going to see that scene with Dennis Haysbert where he fucking throws his shitty boss at the the diner down on the floor. You know, like... uh,
2: Right. Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of stuff that you can cut or rewrite. But nobody looks forward to, oh, yeah, that scene where you know, he gets into a fight with his wife or that scene where, well, even some
3: of that stuff, like I like the part where he comes in and Ralph, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Ralph is there. That's (laughs) funny. That's totally funny because the dialogue is good. The dialogue is good. Even if you don't care for the overall situation and how it's been handled. Yeah. The, the actors are doing great stuff. Yeah. True.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that we, we should, we should rate it. it. I, I think that the last thing I'll say about it before I rate it is that like, I, I believe this to be like a modern masterpiece pretty much of crime, like in the crime genre. Absolutely. One I of mean, the
3: flaws and all. It's, flaws in it's all. just tremendous. Yeah,
1: and I think that the more we talk about it, I think you're totally right, Dustin, is that I'm willing to take those like indulgences that he makes with like the, like, the extra scenes and like the time he did, you know. Because everything else is so
3: good. I mean, it, it also does add to the grand scope of it, even if not all those details are something you necessarily feel like you need.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, doesn't. your pick, so you go first.
3: Well, we didn't even discuss. Are we putting it on the list? This is on the list for me. <laughs> James? James? Uh,
2: <laughs> my problem is, is I would say no, but there are... Movies like Den of Thieves that are on the list. That if we are letting those movies in, mm-hmm. then I mean,
3: you know, we let this in, this is going to open up some possibilities. Like, say, Reservoir Dogs might be a movie right. we gotta yeah, do. I would say that
1: the action sequence, the length of the action sequences in this movie,
3: yeah, I mean, even though you only have a couple, two, three, we get maybe three action sequences because there's also the bit where. Well, the four, actually, because you get the hotel where he kills Wayne Grove. You get the part where they do that meetup in the drive-in. You can even say that they... Where they, uh, they have to kill those guys in the truck and stuff. You can even
1: say that it's not a car chase, but it's a car, It's a car like, follow scene. Pursuit, yeah. Pursuit. Like, there's there's these things. I think that if you... <laughs> James is like, if, <laughs> if all of that stuff... Hold on. If all of that stuff was an hour and a half movie, it would be an action movie.
3: Right. Uh, I, mean, I understand. I think, ultimately, this is a crime movie, not... I think it's action adjacent, but we've got Den of thieves on the list. I mean, it's it's a big movie that deserves recognition. So yeah,
2: well,
1: I, I'm gonna go a different direction before I argue for James is is that the impact of the action sequences in this on, movie on other action movies are so important. Yeah, if you just use the uh, the um, the the armored car scene, and the bank robbery scene; those two scenes are so important as far as action cinema that happens after this that there's you can't deny, like that it, it there's it, an impact it it, yes. it belongs.
2: I yeah I understand, but I'm gonna say it shouldn't go on the list.
1: How does this work again?
3: It's the person who picked it decides if if it's supposed to be. Didn't on the you list. pick it? Yes. So it's going it. on then Yeah I'm gonna, we're gonna put it on um, I know you know I understand your qual- uh, I, I get, understand your qualms about it I get sure. why
2: you want to put it on I just I think we've bent it To yeah. put movies on we've bent before. in have In the past mm-hmm. And I just I don't know
3: If we're gonna bend for other things I feel like Yeah and I it's get It's only it. fair to I bend get for it. this for You know this
1: You know that like I love that right
3: <laughs> Yes I know you do <laughs> ben, uh so I'll I'll go I'll go first. Puppets. Um my reaction is a ten and my overall score, score is a nine.
2: My reaction is a ten, I'm John, and my overall <laughs> score is a nine. And I'm the downer with uh my reaction is a nine, but overall seven point six.
3: What'd you give pacing games?
2: Four. <laughs> Four.
3: Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so what is that where does
1: that put it?
2: So that's a overall eight point five, which I think it's in the top ten.
1: Tied with Logan for number eight.
2: Wow. Well, this definitely has to go ahead of Logan
3: for me. I love Logan, but I mean, this is it's going ahead on of, another level for me.
1: It has to go ahead of Logan for me, uh, just because I love Logan as well. I feel I feel like Dustin and I have the exact same feelings. Um, this movie is amazing and it's you can't deny its impact
2: yeah and it would go behind Logan for me just because I think Logan is a better action movie <laughs> Logan
1: is an a- no Logan
2: is, is an, an action. action so but you know. fair enough yeah
3: but you lose in this one
2: <laughs> well yeah whatever it's like, no. so so
3: wait, that's a new... Oh, hello. I got to go to work, you guys. Uh, so that's a new... What? Number eight, you number just said? Number eight. So it's in the top ten.
2: New yeah. number eight. Boom. Wow. So what are we doing next, James? Uh, well, we're going to have a guest on, actually.
1: Oh. tell. Who is it? I actually don't know who this person is.
2: It's uh, Nick's Flicks Fix. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Say that yeah. to What systems. is that? Uh, Instagram... He writes reviews. I think he has like 30-second reviews. Oh, that's cool. Um, it
1: sounds like I don't know who this person is, and I'm, or I, I know who this person is, and I'm, I'm pretending. I actually have no <laughs> clue
2: who oh, this person is.
3: And did he choose a movie to do?
2: Yeah, we're doing Expendables.
3: Oh, wow. Here we go. The Expendables. We're, we're opening up... <laughs> <It's> two <laughs> classics in a row. Heat and then the Expendables. Yeah, well,
2: <laughs> no, no. Above the law, Heat. Than Expendables. Wow, what, a, th- what Three. a triple threat! I hate, I hate this guy. <laughs> Do your spiel.
1: Really, we have to watch the Expendables?
2: Y- well, it was going to happen if he didn't pick it yeah, one and of us and would have picked. Eventually, we
1: would have got to it. Well, no doubt. one of you two would have picked. Yeah, it. that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys ever uh, so much for listening. Please check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, um, on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Download this on her phone.